So we've been talking for several weeks now about uh, a variety of different topics and different reasons that we normally don't talk about these things. And so today is an interesting one. We're going to wrap up with one last topic, and it's going to be a two-part. We're going to do part one today, and the next Sunday come back to a second part of this topic that I think is real important. But here's what we're talking about today in this series, if we don't talk about that. The title of it is this, Submit to Your Spiritual Leaders. That's something we don't talk about a whole lot, and I'll just be real honest with you. This is an awkward conversation to have, because essentially what I'm telling you is you need to submit to me, right? You need to submit to your spiritual leaders. Coming from one who has been given that role, that can be a bit of an awkward thing to say. Uh, and, and there are a couple of reasons for that, more so than just the fact that I'm included in that group. Uh, that scripture says that we are to follow and submit to our spiritual leaders. It goes beyond that. It goes to the fact that, that I'm sure you've observed the same thing that I have. And that is that many times those in a position of spiritual leadership can abuse that authority or abuse that power. And it can be used for very harmful things. And so there's, there's that hesitation of, uh, you know, we know that this sometimes isn't practiced the right way. And so what we're going to do is kind of make sure that we try to take a look, first of all, at what Scripture says, but also a broader understanding of what that means. But I look at this, and it's similar to me. This, this idea of submitting to spiritual authority is similar to what the Bible teaches about wives submitting to husbands. Ephesians chapter 5. That teaching can be and sometimes is taken completely uh, out of context and turned into something it was never intended to be. And so in many cases, it is turned into a reason to oppress or even abuse women. It's become an excuse for uh, laziness, for lack of servant leadership. And it's a, hey, this is what the Bible says you're supposed to do. And by the way, anytime, and, 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 and that is true, by the way. Ephesians 5, it talks about that. Wives, submit to your husbands. Um, but don't ever stop. In verse 24, you need to continue on to verse 25 in Ephesians 5 where it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See, there, there's another side to that. In order for this concept to work, there needs to be um, godly servant leadership happening. And so uh, that's the picture that we have of the gospel, by the way, is that Jesus himself, God who took on human flesh, became the ultimate servant for us. Jesus said that about himself. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And, what's the rest of that verse say? And to give his life as a ransom for many. And so Jesus is this ultimate model of one who leads, but through service. Through laying his life down for us. Through becoming our sacrifice for sins. Which is amazing to think that our King would do that for each one of us. And I'm so grateful for that because apart from his sacrifice, we're hopeless. We are in trouble. There's nothing we could do to ever make ourselves right with God. But because of his sacrifice on our behalf, our sins have been paid for. There is grace for us. That's the good news of the gospel. Uh, well, in the same way, it says that husbands are to serve their wives. And the same thing is true in this concept of 
spiritual submitting to those in positions of spiritual leadership that we'll jump into at the end of 1 Corinthians here in just a moment. This is never intended to be something to give extra power or uh, to allow any type of, you know, I'm separate from or above everyone else or to use that to belittle or even to abuse. And uh, so it's important for us to look at both sides of that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump in today and uh, finish up 1 Corinthians 16 and looking at this section of scripture that that talks about this. And so today's going to be focused more on as a follower of Christ, what does it look like for me to submit to those, uh, to my spiritual leaders? And then we're going to come back next week. And next week we're going to ask the question, what should I be looking for in a spiritual leader so that I would know that if I'm following that person and I'm following the right type of person? Okay, Because this isn't blind uh, followership. This isn't a free license. This whatever you want. There are definitely parameters on both sides. So that's the way we're going to handle it today. We'll be more, uh, what does it look like to submit to spiritual leaders? Next week we'll come back and look at some of the character qualities of those spiritual leaders to make sure we are following the right individuals. 1 Corinthians 16, starting in verse 10. It says, When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. No one then should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace so that he may return to me. I am expecting him along with the brothers. Now about our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to go to you with the brothers. He was quite unwilling to go now, but he will go when he has the opportunity. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. You know that the household of Stephanas were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. Now, we'll jump further into some of the the things that we see in this passage in just a moment. But I want us to talk today. So so what are some reasons why we should submit to it? And, And it says it very clearly there in verse 16, submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. Um, but why should we do that? And I want to start with something just really basic and really simple, but I think it's important to say, and here's the first reason it's important to submit to our spiritual leaders, because God designed it that way. But because this is God's plan. This isn't some person's idea, some person's plan. I mean, we see this in Scripture, and this isn't the only place. We'll look at Hebrews 13 a little bit later here before we wrap up. But other places in Scripture where it's very clear that God has given people to lead and that those of us who are to follow their lead are, are to do so um, you know, because this is God's plan. I go back to the analogy earlier from Ephesians 5 and wives submitting to husbands. In Ephesians 5 verse 22, it says, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Uh, you know, that... That verse can be understood a couple of different ways. It could be understood this way, to say, wives, submit to your husbands in every way, just as you submit to the Lord in every way. That's one way to understand what it says. Or it could be saying, and I believe this is really more at the heart of what it's saying, wives, submit to your husbands as a way of submitting to the Lord. You see the difference there? It's, it's an expression of worship, 
And I think that same principle is at play here when it comes to this instruction to submit to your spiritual leaders. It's not that they are perfect and that they're never going to make a mistake or that you should blindly follow everything they do. Those of us who are spiritual leaders are not Jesus. And we are going to fall short. We are going to make mistakes. But I think what it's saying here is submit to their leadership as a, a means of, ex, of submitting to Christ. This is a way of saying, God, I'm following those that you've given to lead me because ultimately I'm trying to follow you better. And, and, and I believe that you've put them in this position and I believe that you've given this instruction and so I am going to do the best that I can to follow you. And so it's important to do that, but I think it's also important to say that this is why you can see why this can be a bit of a dangerous concept, right? You can see where... This could be misused, where this could be abused, where somebody could use this teaching to say, don't ever question anything and just do what you're told. And, you know, the Bible says that you are to submit to your spiritual leaders. And so we need to be careful and we need to be cautious. But having said that, let me encourage you with something, because I suspect that most, if not all of you, at some point in time, have been burned in some way or hurt in some way by a spiritual leader in your life. Is that true? Can you think of a time where maybe you, you were hurt in some way, and so maybe there's that, that tendency. Here's our tendency, is when something happens, when something negative happens, we tend to swing to the opposite extreme, right? I don't want to go there again, so I'm going to move way over here. And, and I don't know if that's the experience in your life. I know that just from talking to people in general, there are a lot of people, especially in our community, in the, in the Bible Belt where we live, that have been involved in church, that have been hurt in some way, some form or fashion. And a lot of times the reaction is to just swing so far the other direction. Let me encourage you in this. If you've been hurt or, or feel like you've been burned in some way because you were submitting to a spiritual leader in your life and you're hesitant to do that again, uh, let me just remind you that just because one person or maybe even a few people have hurt you in some way, it does not negate the fact that God says this is how it's supposed to work. Now, should we still approach that with caution? Absolutely. Should there be, and we'll get back into that next week, I, I kind of want to jump ahead of myself to say this is what you look for in the people that you're going to follow. And originally that was the plan, but there's just too much here. I decided to break it into two weeks. Um, but don't make that mistake of saying, I've been hurt in the past, therefore I'm never going to trust anyone again. I'm not going to, to follow Anybody else? Number one, we do it because it's God's design. But here's the second thing, and I want to really spend the bulk of our time on this one today. It's important to submit to spiritual leaders because they need your support. Even those who are called to lead need the support that you offer. And, and, and I see that in multiple different places and ways in this passage when he's talking about Timothy. You remember who Timothy was, right? Timothy was Paul's younger protege. He mentored Timothy and he, he raised Timothy up to be leader and he would send him to these churches. And Timothy, in some places he says, I want you to institute elders in these churches. And, and, and Timothy was given a lot of responsibility even though he was a young man. But Paul was continually encouraging Timothy and telling him, be strong, be courageous, and you know, reminding him of the gifts that God had given him. And so Timothy apparently struggled with some insecurities. Can I let you in on a little dirty secret here that maybe I'm not supposed to say publicly? I'm going to say it anyway. Pastors can be some of the most insecure people I know. That's just the truth. 
a lot of times pastors are some of the most insecure people I know. And I say that not to be critical in any way. I say that just to, to remind you that pastors and spiritual leaders, they're real people too. They have struggles just like you do. They have insecurities just like you do. And Paul is instructing the church here on Timothy's behalf. He says, no one should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace so that when he, re he may return to me. I mean, he's saying, look, guys, make this as easy as possible for Timothy to lead you. Because Paul understood that Timothy had some insecurities here. And he was still a young man. And, and I can tell you, it is not easy to be a spiritual leader uh, when everybody you're leading is older than you. But that's what he is encouraging Timothy to do. So, yes, there were some insecurities there. Uh, a lot of times we, as, as spiritual leaders, do a good job of hiding those insecurities so that nobody else can see them. But sometimes they get brought to the surface. And sometimes they get brought to the surface in a variety of different ways. I got to experience a little bit of my insecurity getting brought to the surface just this past week. You want to hear about it? It's a lot of fun. Okay, here we go. So here's what happened this past week. Some of you may know, we had a, Sean and I had a chance to get away together. And, and uh, we spent a week in Cancun, which was great. Great time to refresh, reconnect as a couple, just be together. It was, it was a wonderful time. Um, but they, we, we stayed at one of the resorts where there are lots of activities going on. And, and I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I'm just an overgrown kid. So anytime there are games or things to do, I'm like, ooh, ooh, I'm in. Like, I want to play, I want to do. And so I did several of the games throughout the week and different activities and beach volleyball and all that fun kind of stuff. And so they kind of got to know that I'm somebody who would participate, right? And so we had just gotten back one day. This was the last, next to last day before we were going to leave. We had gotten back from playing beach volleyball, came up to the pool. We're just going to relax at the pool, and they get on their loudspeaker. I didn't even know there was an activity coming. They get on the loudspeaker, and they say, we're about to have another event around the pool, and they start calling out names, and I hear Blake from Dallas, and we need you to come up here. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know what I did, but I'll, you know, maybe I'm in trouble. Maybe I did something wrong. So I go up there, and they say, we need you to sit here, and there were four other guys, actually three guys and, and his son, because they couldn't get a fourth guy who was foolish enough. The rest of the grown men had enough sense to know not to come forward, because there's no telling what they're going to do. So they, they have us come and sit in these little chairs, and they explain there's going to be a game, right? And so everybody's hanging around the pool, and they're all to watch this, and they're going to judge uh, the winner of this contest. So several little things, just silly little things that we did, and I was good with all of them until they said, and the last thing that you're going to do, and it was, you know, do some push-ups and do a belly flop into the pool and then jump into an inner tube and, you know, roll backwards and all this. And they said, and then you're going to come to the steps, and you're going to get out, and we're going to play some music, and you're going to give us your best dance moves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, is exactly what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Now, I pride myself on not being embarrassed easily. And if you've been around long enough, you probably know that. I will make a fool of myself, and I'm pretty much okay with that. But here's when they said, okay, you're going to give us your best dance moves. I'm thinking, oh, gosh. I, you know, I'm thinking, I can do this, and, I, and it'll be okay. But I'm, it's starting to push the limits of my insecurities at this point, right? Well, thankfully, I didn't go first. There was a guy that went first, you know, and, and so he jumped in and, and does his thing. And this whole time I'm thinking, this is going to be fun. You know, I can do this and ham it up a little bit. We're just going to have fun. And he gets to the end, and he gets out of the pool. And it's time for him to dance. And they play a song. And I promise you the song that they played was, I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt. And this guy starts dancing. I'm not going to tell you what he did. But it, it was not as family-friendly as it should have been there at the pool. My insecurities went through the roof at this point. I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? 
Like, can I, do you think they wouldn't notice if I just kind of slipped under the chair and crawled back to the back and they turned up, where's Blake? I don't know. He just disappeared. I don't, no, I, I, I did end up going through it. Thankfully, that wasn't the song. Yes, there is video. And for a small donation to the Let's Help Our Pastor Get Counseling to Get Over His Insecurities Fund, Sean will send you that video. You'll have to ask her about that later. But it was a great reminder that even those of us who try to uh, act as if nothing gets to us, there's always something, right? There is always something that can raise our insecurities to the top. And uh, that's true for spiritual leaders. And we just need to remember that spiritual leaders are real people too. And that's why he says what he does here. That's why he says what he does in Hebrews 13 that we'll get to in, in just a little bit. Uh, but it's, it's so much easier and better to lead those who are ready to follow, right? It just works better for everybody. Uh, being supportive is a good thing. I had a pastor early on in my ministry that I served under that, it was really interesting. He really liked that word supportive. And he labeled people by whether they were supportive or not. And he would tell you privately to the staff about certain people that weren't supportive. You know what I figured out what that meant? I figured out that what that meant was anyone who has ever questioned any decision that I've ever made is unsupportive. Anyone who has any kind of feedback that's not what I want to hear is labeled as unsupportive. I want to be really clear in saying this. Um, I'm not suggesting that in order for you to follow the lead of those in spiritual authority that you never ask questions, that you never push back. That's not the point. See, that, that's not being supportive. That's being a puppet. That's what that is. There is a time and a, and a place and maybe more importantly a way to go about letting your voice be heard. And that's important. And um, a spiritual leader who is in the right frame of mind should be receptive to that. Should be, be even wanting to hear, even though it's maybe not always fun and pleasant at the time, wanting to hear that, that feedback. I'll give you a real world example just because this is on the forefront of everybody's mind. And I'll share with you a story of somebody within our own church. And I won't call them by name, but, but that I think did this very well. A good example of this. Um, but when it comes to making difficult decisions, obviously the one that, that we know that has been in our face for the last year has been how do we respond to the pandemic and what kinds of decisions do we make in a lot of different ways. I'm going to tell you this. Um, there are people within our church that think we've made the wrong decisions on both sides of the spectrum. There are people that would say, you know, we were being too reckless and getting back together too soon and, you know, deciding not to require masks too soon. And, you know, they were very uncomfortable with that. There are other people on the other side of the spectrum that would say we were way too slow and dragging our feet and it took way too long. I'm just, that's just how it is. I mean, that's, that's how it is. Ask any leader in any church and they'll tell you there are people in their congregation that are going to be, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy. That's just the reality. And, and I'll tell you this. I'm okay with that because I know that comes with the territory. But I'll also tell you I don't like it. Right? It's not fun. It's not, I don't like that aspect. That's part of what comes with leadership. But here's a great example of somebody that I thought demonstrated what we're talking about here. That was willing to uh, 
place themselves underneath the, the leadership of the church, but at the same time express their thoughts. So when I, uh, a few weeks back, sent out an email saying, here's kind of the direction that we're, that we're planning to go. And, of course, that, after some things happened, actually got the timetable got moved up even a little bit more uh, than what we originally were thinking. But um, this individual came to me after a service uh, one day and said, hey, I just want to express to you where our family is on this. And one of the things that he said, he said, first thing he said, he goes, we're not, I'm not telling you we're leaving the church or anything like that. I just want our voices to be heard. He says, here's where we're coming from. This is what our concerns are. And I really appreciated that. Because this is someone, another thing I really appreciated, by the way, is I think he made a comment, something to the effect of, I know that you're, you, know, you have a lot of different people that you're you know, hearing from and you're, you're, you're trying to, you can't please everybody, kind of acknowledging that, and, and that was helpful. Um, but here's the bottom line, is I would encourage you to have a perspective in whatever area it is, by the way, this isn't just church. I mean, this is true in the workplace or wherever you are. If you have people that you're following that are leading you, just realize they have a perspective from their seat that you don't necessarily have from yours. There's information or there's, there's, uh, there are things that they may know or people that they may hear from um, or that, that, that you may not. And the way I look at it is like this. I drive a, a little sedan. It's you know kind of low to the ground kind of a car. And it's a fun car to drive. But whenever I'm stuck in traffic, it's not a particularly fun car to be in because I can't see anything. <laughs> All I can see is the car right in front of me because I sit so low to the ground. Every once in a while, you get somebody driving up. You know those, those trucks that their wheels are like this high off the ground? You know, you have to have a ladder to crawl up into the truck to drive it. Uh, every once in a while, somebody comes up in a truck like that. And I'm thinking, man, that'd be pretty cool right now to be in that seat because they know more about what's going on around me than I do. Why do they know more? Not necessarily because they're smarter than I am. It's just because they're in a seat that gives them a different view. They're able to see things from a perspective that I don't have. Now, I'm not going to tell you that because your spiritual leaders have a different perspective that they're never going to make the wrong decision. But I'm going to tell you this. It's important to appreciate the fact that they're looking at things from a different perspective. They have a different view than you do. And bottom line is, it's important to have people that you can trust their heart. That you can trust that... You know, when they do make mistakes, they're going to say, okay, this is what we're going to learn from that and how we're going to make sure we don't do that again. Um, but can you trust their heart? Can you trust that, that they are seeking to do the best that they can to lead you and uh, the entire body of Christ? And by the way, if you come to the conclusion that the answer to that is no, then that's not a place where you need to be. If you honestly feel like you cannot trust and follow uh, spiritual leaders, then then that's not, not a place for you. But let me encourage you this too, if I could just be really direct. If you come to that decision, do some honest evaluation to see if the issue is really with your spiritual leaders or if the issue maybe is in here. Because I'm going to tell you, if you go from place to place to place and there's always something wrong with those that are leading you, it's not those that are leading you that are the problem. Trust the heart uh, of those that are leading. If there's legitimate reason not to, then okay. If that really is the issue, then, then move on and, and find someone else that, that you can, another group that you can follow. But in this passage, 
Paul is, is giving them encouragement. Follow Timothy. But you know it's not just Timothy. We didn't read this part, but in verse 6, uh, in that, that initial section there, he's also saying to them, I want you to help me on my way. I'm going to rely on your support. He says, I want, you, I want to come and visit with you, and then I hope for you to send me on my journey. And, and what he's saying here is that, that part of the, the way that they can uh, submit to his leadership and follow him is to provide financially to help him do what he's doing. Now, Paul made it very clear. It's very interesting in chapter 9, 1 Corinthians 9, 14, he says that those who preach the gospel should make their living from the gospel. Uh, but then he goes on the very next verse and he says, but I choose not to do that because I don't want to have any hindrance whatsoever. And I love his heart there and I love the fact that he was able to do that. But I also appreciate the fact that the scripture does lay out a, a plan that says this is the way it should work. That there are those who devote their entire time and energy to gospel ministry and that they would make their living from the gospel. Now again, we're just, this, this is a, a message today where I'm, I'm sharing a lot of just kind of personal, this is where I'm wrestling with this and this obviously is not a particularly easy topic to talk about, but I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to be real transparent with you and tell you this is one of those issues that I wrestle with all the time. Um, because the fact is this, about half of the money that comes in, roughly, uh, probably just a little less than half, but close to half of the money that comes in when you give to support the ministry of the church goes to paying our personnel costs. And percentage-wise, mine is more than anybody else's. And so I think about this a lot. I wrestle with it a lot. And I ask the question, you know, is that the right use of funds that, that people are giving for kingdom purposes. And I know that you can, there are those that would answer no to that question. And there are some compelling reasons for that. But I would come back, and as much as I wrestle with that, and as uncomfortable as it can be at times, the answer that I have to give is yes, I do believe that, that that's an appropriate thing. I mean, for Paul to say something like he does here, if I'm asking you to help support me on my way, um, there's biblical precedent for that, and this isn't by a long shot. This isn't the only place that it talks about that, and we're not going to go into that now. But bottom line for me is that I do believe there are those that are called to give their full time and energy and attention to leading the congregation. And in fact, we believe that so much so that we've kind of doubled down in that area that have said we're really going to invest more heavily there. We've recently brought Lynn on full time to be our, our women's discipleship associate. Uh, uh, Amber Ostheimer's come on in a part time role working some with preschool. We're looking to add another full time staff member that'll be a very strategic um, person in our, in our staff. And so we've looked at it and said we have an opportunity in front of us as a church to really go at it hard as things are coming back together. And we believe that having good leadership in place is one of the most important things we can do. And so we're going to do that. And, uh, and, and yes, there's probably always going to be that little bit of uneasiness, that little bit of tension that I feel, and that's just part of what comes with the territory, and I can deal with that. Um, but that's just kind of how it is. Uh, one last thought, one last scripture verse, and I'll, I'll wrap up with, a, with, with one other thought real quick here. Hebrews 13, 17 says this. It says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they watch over you as those who must give an account. We're going to talk about that next week. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Did you catch that last little phrase? It's basically saying, look, don't make things difficult on your spiritual leaders because that's not going to help them and it's not going to help you. Here's the last main idea quickly. It's important to submit to spiritual leaders. 
because you need their support. I mean, I've already made the case they need your support, but you need theirs too. This is the way God designed it to work. In fact, what he said here is, that's not of any benefit to you. Here's the truth, that in, I would say, every church, there are going to be some that make it their mission to make it difficult on those who are seeking to lead them. That's just, that's just a reality. That comes with the territory in every church. Um, thankfully, in my experience, the vast majority of people are people who get Hebrews 13, 17, who, who want to follow the lead of their spiritual leaders, who don't want to make things more difficult on them than they need to be. And, and, and it says, I love the, way, the little phrase there, so that their work will be a joy and not a burden. I mean, I, I'm sure you all know this, but being involved on this side of ministry, and by the way, we're all called to be ministers. I hope you know that too. Our job as paid staff, as vocational pastors, our job is to lead you. It's to provide direction. It's to equip you. It's not to do the work on your behalf. It's to come alongside and equip you to do it with us. Uh, so it's not that we do everything. But there's a significant burden that comes with being in a role like this. And that's just the fact. It's not an easy job. There, there are a lot of heartaches. There are a lot of burdens that you carry. It's just not easy. But the flip side to that is there's a lot of joy too. And I love that. I, I love that reminder in Scripture that when you are leading people who want to be led and who want to make it a joy, there's great joy there. And so that far outweighs the other, by the way, at least in my mind. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't want to do anything else. But um, not only is it a blessing when you are following your spiritual leaders, not only is it a blessing to them, as we said a moment ago, because they need your support, they need to know that you're with them and you have their back and you love them for who they are, not just for what they can do for you. They need that, but you need the support that they can give too. I mean, it goes both ways. And there is great benefit to the church when they are following their spiritual leaders. Now, I can't wait to come back next week. I wish we could just jump right into it now and talk about it more, but I do want to talk a good bit about what does it look like? What, what should a spiritual leader look like? Because we're not going to suggest ever that you just blindly follow somebody because they have a title, okay? There are certain things that, that we should look for, and I, I'll look forward to jumping into that. But uh, let me just remind you, that this is God's plan, first and foremost. That's why we need to do it. But let me also remind you, spiritual leaders that you follow are real people. They have real insecurities like you do. They have real weaknesses like you do. They're going to make mistakes like you do. But they need your support, and you need theirs. And when you put yourself in a position to receive that and to be encouraged and to be led, it's a great thing. And God can do some really cool stuff. And I believe God is doing that and is going to continue to do that in our midst let's pray together lord i thank you first and foremost for the model of servant leadership lord jesus that you came to give yourself as a sacrifice for us and we're grateful for that so so very grateful lord i thank you for the spiritual leaders that you have given uh, in my life thank you for those that you have given to our church and uh, lord i pray just as a body that that, that we would be willing to follow our leaders, but also I pray that as leaders, we would lead the way in a godly manner. 
And so, Lord, we lay all that before you. And, Lord, the ultimate goal is that you would be glorified, uh, that we'd be able to reach people, Lord, that we'd connect people to you, connect people to one another. Uh, just work through us in that way, we pray. In Jesus' name.